Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very special episode of Call Out Culture. Uh, I'm here by myself today. Zilla's on vacation. Castro is taking time to heal. And uh, I got some very special guests joining me. I've had this idea that I wanted to tackle for a while, talking about the, the New York independent underground hip hop scene from like the mid 2000s, sorry, the mid 90s to like the, the mid 2000s. You know, we got some some good folks here with us today. We got uh, Breeze Brewing with us. We got Gang. Uh, nope. We got Cryptic One, and we got Wise Guy and Gasnet, first time guests. And uh, these folks are all super important, super were involved in the scene. And you know, maybe if you all just want to really quickly introduce yourself, tell everybody, you know, what you were doing during that time, that would be kind of cool. Like just sort of how you came upon the scene. Um, you know, if you want to start with Breeze, maybe, and we could work our way around the circle from the way that I have it set up on my screen. Um, yeah, man, this, the scene was, um, I guess I was kind of around at, at, at the real um, infancy of it, maybe even a little bit before with some key players. Um, I guess connecting um, with Bobito um, real early on. Um, I, I kind of almost signed with, with him. Um, and Pete Duhapo. So then he was kind of putting me on. He was like, yo, you know, since, you know, we kind of talking, why don't you just kind of come and check some of these uh, events that um, that I'm, I'm either hosting or I'm involved with. So like that was probably my introduction. At the same time, there were other stuff going on, like um, Lyricist Lounge, or, you know, like I, I remember one, I went to one and then I forgot who was there, but then my brother went to the one that had Foxy, which was very early. And, um, you know, it, just stuff was popping up, you know, and, and for me, it was just like, up until then, I was, you know, performing at like birthday parties and, and on the block and high school parties and um, community center joints. You know what I mean? Talent shows. So it was definitely a step up from, you know, just being a local kid in the Bronx and, and Westchester and then coming down there and just seeing cats from all over the city, uh, beyond the city, Jersey, Long Island. And it was um, it was dope, you know, just like going to New Rican. Um, there were other spots in, in Brooklyn. I can't remember the names. Um but it was it was bug because um I guess really at the time, even right before that, like we were kind of signed and they were having shows at like Carbon or like major like clubs, and then it would be like Junior Mafia and, and the juggernauts, right? And it was like wow. So we would we would be there and there'd be like people there to see us, you know what I mean? Which was like really cool. But we would definitely felt more like they were obviously there to see like the junior mafias. We did shows. I mean, the earliest show I remember doing was in uh, 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 the castle in the Bronx. It was a showcase and that was the one when Hove was there. So it was like an, an artist, like a label showcase. And it was like, you know, we, we rocked before Hove. Or did Hove rock before us? I don't know, either way. It was these type of events, and they were mad. So, so, 
So what you're saying is Hove might have opened nope, for the juggernaut. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that <laughs> it was a random list of performers, and we just happened to be one of them. The Hove, and the castle was a big deal for me. You know about the castle. That's where Slick Rick, yeah. the shootout happened. That's where they shot Strictly for the Ladies. So that's that was a major, in the Bronx, that was a big deal for me. But it was like, once stuff started happening downtown, it was a different vibe. Like those those events downtown it felt more like for us if there was a us it started to feel like all right cool there's a us like it's like this is all shit it's not us rocking with you know these major labels it was like kind of us doing our thing and then that's where like the independent thing started coming out and and just everything that was going on and that's when i started meeting the wise guys and the gastons and you know the the lps and all of y'all and you know it just became like like wow you know this is all shit and club vinyl and, and like these type of events were like cater made to us and our audience and 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 our peers so if it, it definitely felt like damn this shit is a shift and um i mean shout out to the nirika man like that joint you know that that really was everybody's like i don't know like real first taste of, of what what it was going to be like and um you know shout out to rocky and i mean i let you know i let the, the the expert speak on that but it was for me to like just be there at that type of event it, it, it felt like ah right, this is it you know word thank you uh so gang what about you so I was one of the peace, peace. By the way, um, I was one of the the young guns in the scene. Um, you know, still in high school. I was in high school. I was like a freshman in high school in '95, right? So like purple tape and all that was like my summer, and I was coming in with that. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, '95 uh, I started DJing and going to Fat Beats. Finding out about that through just some random internet search. Basically, I feel like. Uh, and it was like early internet. So it was just like someone's like literal, like angel fire page or some shit, you know? Um, and I remember like sandbox automatic, what became sandbox automatic, that cat Mercer, uh, who, who runs, who runs or ran sandbox distribution. Like he had a little like vinyl trade or like rare, like he was selling like rare promos or whatnot. Um, so I think like the first time I found his page and I saw, I was like, I've been looking for that all city Metro theme <laughs> 12 inch. Um, and I remember like setting up a meeting at fat beats outside to give him $20 for that record. So this is obviously pre discogs, you know, this discogs wasn't even a, a, a thought in a love letter. You know what I'm saying? Like this was, this was early, early, early. Um, and then I go inside Fat Beats and it's just like, yo, what? Like, this is like Joe Sinister was was working there uh, from the X-Men or the Executioners. Um, and it was just like, yo, okay, I got to Like, this is going to be my weekly, you know, my weekend like, spot. You know what I mean? Um, you know, getting like, getting into shit via like um, voodoo, like, mis like natural elements records. You know what I'm saying? Like Mr. Voodoo's Lyrical Tactics was probably the first piece of wax from that crew that I had. Uh, I remember going to Fat, Fat Beats early on around that, I mean, that year, like 96, getting Fun Crusher on, on the, you know, the clear vinyl, the EP. 
off the recommendation. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that same story is to be told about a certain Juggernauts album. You know what I'm saying? Um, on Fondalem and on a, on a label it was called Fondalem. I was just like, yo, this is this like white label. It's crazy. Okay, word. No, no album, no cover art, but just like, all right, off the recommendation, off the cue card. So just like getting into the getting into it from off the music side, and also just like starting to go to shows. '97. That's when I started to really go to shows heavy. Like once I once I went to the first one, it was it was a wrap. You know what I'm saying? Because I I step in and it's just like. I think it was the wetlands. It was summer. It was the Puerto Rican Day Parade weekend in '97. So you and back then the shit was live. You know what I mean? So like there was already like wild electricity in the air, and it was the ITF like the turntable battle, uh, like eliminations or whatever, like East Coast eliminations or something. I was actually literally trying to find the flyer. Organized Confusion was hosting it. CoFlow, I think the Arsonist, Natural Elements. Some other folks were like billed to perform and they went on at like 3 a.m. Like it was a long because it's a turntable list like event. So I'm just like, yo, like I'm I'm let's I'm a, I'm in awe, but I'm also just like in zombie mode after after a minute. Then like the performances happened later on. Obviously, like Farrell was sick, but I remember um like Wu Tang's uh triumph was new. Like, oh, it was just like kind of starting to buzz or whatever. So they played the instrumental. Prince Poe like rhymed over that. And I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Like, just as like a, you know, whatever, a 16-year-old, like just being like, yo, whoa, okay. Um, and then, you know, just hitting the New Yorican, getting contacts too, just like running into heads. And then, you know, when Fat Beats moved from the east side to the to the west side, and then Bob Bobito took over the old Fat Beats space for footwork that's where i ran into that's where i first ran in there maybe i met bob maybe i met bob first or whatever and was just like yo like props on the radio show i was locked into 89.9 and also used to listen to wnyu as well um and it was like vaz just i remember the the time i met i went in there and i met vaz and i was just like yo i'm trying to make these mixtapes you know, like selling mixtapes in high school, whatever, like to my friends and whatnot, but also trying to get the shits into Fat Beats and Harlem Music Hut, Tape Kings and all that. And uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to take the independent route. I'm going to go like just get all these <laughs> underground cats. Yo, they're ill. Da, 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 da. You know, we're just, I'm just young and we're just hype, hype, hype on the energy. Right. So uh, I ran in. I ran into footwork one day. Boz is over there. He's just like, yo, um, we just talking and shooting the shit or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, like I'm trying to, you know, get some cast of freestyle on my tapes. And like, so like I had like J live over the crib, Mr. Complex, you know, certain folks or whatever. And like, he was like, yo, you want, you want Breeze's number? And I was like, facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, let me hit him. Let me hit him real quick and see if it's cool or whatever. And then that's so like Breeze, like I, I connected with you early on. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? You were you were still at the youth center and whatnot. And and you know, yeah, it was what well, it was interesting because it was just like I just think back up I, I don't know, I said this to you when we reconnected or whatever somewhat recently. I said this to 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 Al over here to 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 Crip over here too. It's like um, you know, y'all were older than me, obviously, and it was just the fact that like heads made made room to include me. That shit meant a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit, 
obviously like left a mark and an, and a, like an, an, an indelible impression <laughs> on me because I was just like word like you know um like so, certain things I was being told or whatever just like lessons being passed down to me I was just like I still hold those to the to this day you know what I'm saying like just whatever just random shit random like little echoes from those like phone calls phone conversations or whatnot so I definitely want to like acknowledge that and like affirm that and just like say thank you you know what I mean like on some verbal um and then yo you know just I ended up calling the the I got the center of the web <laughs> LP from a friend and and uh you know from my man Tage Tage RYB shout out and uh I called the number he was just like yo you gotta, you gotta connect with the Adams family cats da, 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 da. I'm just like facts 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 I called the number cryptic picks it up and it's just like it's it's on a Thursday we're listening to Stretch and Bob. I think we're rhyming for each other. It was like a wild long phone call. And like, what's up? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember the call because I remember even, you know, my it's my home number on the phone. Yeah, facts. So I'm not answering like <laughs> records. I'm like, hello? And he, he paused for a second. He wasn't sure if he had the right number. I did thought I was going to like hit a, you know, like a voicemail or something, you know, or like someone's pager, you know, but basically like leave a message. I don't, I mean, that's like null and void to this, to like younger folks listening to this shit today being like, leave a message, like, like a pager, what the fuck? But like, yeah, like, you know, I had beep, you know, we had beepers, but nah. Um, and then, you know, started hanging out with, with going to the crib in, 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 in Long Island, you know, making the trips out to Westbury and then, you know, found myself rolling with Adams for, for, for a minute. And, you know, we rolled out to the New York weekend and, I also used to take a camera out with me as well. Not as much as as a, as, as as some other gentlemen uh, on this call, but like I definitely <laughs> was out there with the camcorder uh, and you know capturing certain moments or whatever. Like folks know, like I was there for the early Doom shit. Um, you know, somewhere you know a CoFlow in store was captured. You know, et cetera, et cetera. Not the one that's on uh, YouTube, the Fun Crusher Plus one. Um, so that was part of my interest as well, just as far as like being a participant, not just like, not just rhyming, not just DJing, not just hitting like the New Yorican for the open turntable event, table turns that Sugar Cuts um, wow, I forgot was about organizing. That. Yeah. And also, you know, Sugar Cuts was on the first center of the web, yep. um, it was on the center of the web album, not the first, but, you know, um, but, you know, just also like documenting shit just because it was like, I, I don't. This, this is something, this is special to me. So, you know, we have the tapes. Let's, let's, I, you know, I want to show this to my friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be able to reflect back on this. So that's, I think that's why I was just like running around with the camera too. And I mean, there's some moments that are, that still, you know, are like are in digital format now. Um, I also, I also interned for Amici. <laughs> I was oh, on the wow. <laughs> yeah this is a funny shit uh in, in 97 before we linked up um i was running around putting slaps up for the fun crusher plus album and like some of them shits were rocking like the, the placement was i had a little placement placement game so like some of those shits were rocking like in like the weirdest places for like a decade later like they were also probably like high quality stickers but yeah anyway point being <laughs> Um, you know, shout out to Ozone or official recordings. Um, you know, they gave me my little intern, my internship summer, spring, summer, 97. And yeah, man. Um, 
you know, we could talk about this, the spots and whatnot, but that's, that's pretty much the story. Uh, you know, so I, I was with running around with Adams and just getting it in, you know what I mean? On, on, on my so-called elements. All right. Crib, you're next on the, uh, on the order in the window. Um, my story is pretty similar to everyone else's a little different. Cause I'm a little older than you guys. Um, so I started out with another crew pre Adams in like 92, 93. And we were going the whole trying to get signed route <clears throat> and, you know, heavily listening to, to radio, um, was the start of me hearing anything like in this world, you know, the stretching bobs, the um martin moore mayhem um teddy ted awesome too you know all that stuff bau i i couldn't get enough i was just recording that shit i'm out in long island so i didn't know about <clears throat> neo for a while um and i remember specifically reading something i think it was in the source about um what's the name of the spot on the west coast uh good life good life cafe oh, yeah. And I was like, why the fuck don't we have this in New York? Like, and then I met Molecule and those guys from Adams and he brought a cassette. It was the worst quality cassette I ever heard in my life. But he was like, yo, this is from New York and you got to hear this shit. And I think the first thing I heard was um, something from Saul Williams. And I was like, mm. my mind just fucking was blown. I literally went to the next whenever the next New Yorkian open mic was, I was there. Like, I, there's no way I was, I was missing out on that. So that's when I started going to New York. This was still like early, early Adams. I, I guess it was maybe 95. Um, Cause we didn't have a record out yet. And it was there where I met, you know, everyone that we've all been talking about. You see guys like Wordsworth going off for hours in the cypher and that shit blew my fucking mind um and i mean it, it became an addiction you know like i was traveling i was in the city more than at home and if i was at home the only reason i was there was to record the radio and hear some new shit and i was djing already back then um like early and the record stores i used to hit up were like rock and soul um this other spot downtown on carmine can't remember the name of it offhand but the second i just heard the word fat beats i was like yep that that's my spot like just mm -hmm. hearing the word fat next to beats i was like yeah that, i don't need to go to another record store um this was when you know it was footwork fat beats and i remember the first time i walked in there and kind of like gang i just kind of bought i just went to the wall and I was like, yep, buying that, buying that, buying that. Also ended up with Juggernauts, CoFlow, um, Cenobites, um, pretty much all, all the final shit. And I just keep coming back like every week or two and just load up. Um, so that was my introduction to it. Um, there was... Um, you know, there were definitely moments at New York that, that stick with me and people that stick with me. Um, Mums is a big one. For, for some reason, it's a lot of the, the poets that, that stuck with me, oddly, um, even though I was definitely heavily more MC aligned. But um, 
Mums, Saul. I remember most deaf there a lot. Um, PH, obviously, and all those dudes. And, um, you know, half the time I travel all the way to Long Island and wouldn't even go in. I'd just be outside for like four hours straight, ciphers, hanging out, cops bothering us. You know, that shit was just, couldn't get enough. Work. Work. Um, all right, wise guy. Is it is it just you there? Or is it unfortunately gasting on your uh on your screen? Because I, I got I represent for both of them. Okay. Us, I just want to make sure because yeah. I, I said gasting before as well. So I yeah, because I, nah, I was like, oh, I, shit, I, it might just be wise guy. I'm I'm a little the reason why I um got on a little late is because I spent like 10 minutes calling and trying to trying to get him up because uh <laughs> gas has been actually sick. Like oh, no. so uh so um if this was yesterday, he definitely wouldn't have been able to make it. But I think he was feeling better today. But he was hoping he could be up for it. And dude is knocked out, I guess. So, but he's been sleeping a lot. So he said, "I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try." I guess he didn't try hard enough. Well, his rest so, and health is more important than this conversation. So yeah. So now, so I, I'm representing for both of us. We look alike, right. so that helps. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. So. You know, with with us, I kind of look like the scene. You know, I kind of look at it like my whole life, where we were young, but we were fortunate enough. We're from the Bronx. We grew up playing our, our cousin's records, his uh, Sugar Hill records. So I'm I'm starting even before the scene right now. So um, and so like I remember when Rappers Delight was on the radio and stuff like that so we were too young to go to the park jams but we remember hearing people outside playing the boxes and so it's like we worked we were too young to go see all the rappers at the um at the shows whatever but we were home taping the radio so my whole life we've been recording the radio recording uh, Mr. Magic or WHBI WBLS uh, Rap Attack uh Awesome too, DNA, Hank Love, all the 105.9. Um, w, um, then um, and Marley, Magic, then Marley and Pete Rock and everything. So we were always recording the radio. Um, and so we were heavy into all from the old school to the um, to the late 80s and to the, uh, you know, everything. Every single era, me and Gaston were like, Fortunately, fortunate enough, we were young and grew up on it and throughout. So, and when we, the first time we went to a show, probably that was the, on the scene, it was probably at this lyric, a lyricist lounge. I think it was, um, I think it was 94, maybe, um, Cellar Dwellers. Uh, um, I think the Cellar Dwellers hosted. And, um, well, they, they were on the flyer. I still got the flyer somewhere. Um, and then we went to a, a, another show, like I can't remember, but um, but that was sort of like, I didn't think about the scene. I didn't really know the scene like that. We just went to see uh, the Lyricist Lounge or whatever, first time we heard of it. Uh, and, um, but I would say my very first time clearly where, you know, like where I, I could say I became a part and I like where I would consistently go the first time I went to, uh, uh, so I'll start it like this. It's cool. Um, so 
the Saint, I went to St. John's University. And um, you know, listening listening to um NYU, obviously we listen to Stretch, Stretch and Bob, but listening to NYU the, uh, before the halftime show was Martin Moore and Mayhem. This cat they would have people call up sometimes in freestyle. And um one cat that would do it would come on calling their radios, name was A Butter. And they mm. liked him. I was like, yo, he's dope. And then he would uh continually uh call every week. And um remember that. The, uh, he would call, he, he was calling his phone and rhyme, and uh, it was like, "Yo, he's dope." And eventually, since um, Natural Elements was always on that station, they um, a butter eventually connected with them. But it was more so. I, I don't know if it was he connected with them at this point, or it was just mostly the phone calls. I think he started connecting with them. But next thing you know, after that summer at St. John's, me and Al went to school together. Me mm-hmm. and Al skills and um and then after that summer of a butt on the radio he came to st john's so now it was me al a butter and uh my man absolute who was always also on the lyricist lounge album so um absolute and a a butter came at the same time so we're like i was one extra semester i should have graduated at that point and um so i was like my, my last semester and they just came in and al um, one day was going to a show and, and, um, a, uh, and uh, asked me if I wanted to come. I said, yeah. So I credit AL and thank him because he's the one who brought me to this show at some place called the New Eureka Poets Cafe. Mm. Don't remember if it was words or if it was all that. Um, so we all say the New Eureka, but um, I know Rocky likes, this is something that sticks with him where, which I understand, um, even though it's the New Eurekan, Rocky is the one who really brought hip hop to the New Eurekan. So, mm-hmm. uh, and had uh, him and, um, and had Bobito host, so they mm-hmm. co-produced. Um, so um, they originally started at the, started all that at the Village Gate, I believe. And then they came to the New Eurekan, I think in 94, with all that. So um, so words and all that at the New Eurekan. And um, I don't know which show it was, but I went, I came there. Uh, and then next thing you know, that was my spot every month, um, twice. And so I think, I think that first time I went, I met, I met, I think I met G-Man, uh, GMS, um, from Hydra, Pumpkinhead, um, uh, damn few cats and uh so and i uh i always like i said my brother and i we we would record off the radio so i got tapes back with mr magic everything and um and as you can see i got a little bit of records this is only like uh not even a this is a smidgen of all the records we got in the house and um and that's right breeze saw a, a taste in our living room i forgot about that um so we always been buying records, recording. So I had a video camera. So uh, I I, st- I would film too when I would go to the shows, just for nothing. But I like to have everything. I like to archive everything that I love. Um, and um, so, but uh, we also brought the radio with the. I had instrumentals with beats looping. So the ciphers, we often would have the the instrumentals because I used to hate when cats would have. Uh, um, 
I realize I'm taking up all this time. Let me cut it short. But I used to hate when we got people with rhyme and ciphers and it would just be an instrumental and it would end after three or four minutes. So I would start looping beats and have them go for like eight minutes. Yeah, um, I remember that. <laughs> so, um, and, um, so, and uh, so some of the other spots. So the New Eureka was the first place that I really started going to all the time. But um, again, the Lyricist Lounge, they used to have a show. Um, they also had uh, Solutions, um, which they did at, which is what they did at Wetlands. But before that, uh, they had a show called Cream, which they did at this spot. Um, I forget what the spot's called. It's on the same block as, uh, it was on the same block as, um, what is that? Is that Avenue A? The Pyramid over there. The Pyramid, I was about uh, to say. Yeah, but it wasn't the Pyramid. It was another right. spot that, that, that they did a thing called Cream at. And then, um, so they would have different shows with different names. Um, let me see. Actually, I'm very early on, I went to um, R&R &R 101, I think it was. Was that, was that what Pace did? And I think that's the first time I saw uh, the Juggernauts. Um, am I, is, is this right, Breeze? What, what was the show called that Pays did? I think it was shit. He we, he was actually just talking about that shit the other day. Was it all on all one on one? It was it was something one on one on it. I'm not sure it was all on one. Definitely one on one. So if it, if it was something one on one, then I believe it was R and R one on one. Um and um and what spot was that? Cause um you would it was it was uptown was it and you would go downstairs if I'm correct um anyway so that's the first time we saw the juggernauts nice and um and I still remember like uh your guys they go you know juggernauts they're meeting you and feeling all good or whatever like peace man <laughs> um because you know dudes is fans um and I tell yo like I tell my man. One of the groups that I remember uh, one night in New Eureka that I that I, I, I messed up because some cats being ciphers outside and I always said, nah, I got to catch the show. I would leave once the show starts. But one, one day I stayed out, the cipher too long. And by the time I went in there, I missed the one time that Saya and Yeshua did, uh, what is that? A day like no up? Day like what's, no what's up, so, um, uh, yeah, they did that the whole song, and I, I fucking missed like the first half. Wow. So like I missed the first half, so so only caught twenty minutes of the song. <laughs> 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 but I was like fuck. But anyway, but um, mad memories there, man. Um, but let me shut up because like I had a lot. My was a long winded, winded road. It's all good. It's an important um, road. Um, yo, I mean, shout, since, since, shout, I was just going to say shout out to the, the, the yellow Sony Sport boombox. Oh, you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I had that on tape. I actually had that on video. The funny thing is when I was on the lounge album, I mentioned it in my, um, I didn't have, I, I didn't go. have it with me actually, but um, <laughs> on, 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 on outside the lounge, when 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 um after after I said um I got I, I got beach uh, and then Quali said yeah man it's always loved to be I said yeah my little yellow radio 
You know, <laughs> I had to mention that. <laughs> I had to. Thanks. That was that was like a you know like a, a stalwart wow. <laughs> in portable <I> technology. <laughs> so so we've all like you know everybody sort of talked about New York, and so obviously it was like a center point for everybody, right? It was like the sort of hub or it became the hub. It might not have started as that. But, um, you know, what do you think? Well, one, let, why don't we tell everybody about the events that were happening, right? Because you, you addressed um, words and all that, which were sort of the two defining events, at least for, for those of us who were into this scene. Um, Wazga, you, you have a special history with it because you're still holding it down. So maybe if you could talk a little bit about like, you know, you know Rocky's vision a little bit more. If you could talk about Rocky and who he was and, you know, what his hope was with setting up these these events. Well, um, that's funny what Breeze was saying. I'm going to leave it to some of the experts. And I know he was referring to me. Yes, I was. <laughs> um, since, since we've been hosting so long. But for me, I'm like, everybody on here might have come to the Eureka before I did. Because <laughs> I did my first... <laughs> The first show I went to was, I believe it was January of 96. Oh, wow. I don't think I made 95. I think it was January of 96, um, if I'm correct. So um, anyway, but it, it could have been December. So um, so Rocky, uh, so Rocky, and uh, so let's say Rocky Lamontagne, right? So mm -hmm. to give him his full name since we're documenting this. Um, and Rocky presents events. And then... Um, Rocky started it and he had he connected with Bobito and Bobito would host and Bobito just became a co-producer. And it was a dope match made in heaven because um Bob had all the connects with all these all the MCs because we all came to check out Bob and 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 the, and the shows and Bob had the props just because he was had the uh, stretch Armstrong show. Um and so originally it was um all that with the Rocky wanted to combine it with jazz and hip hop. That's why he had the full jazz band. He used to have jazz mm -hmm. guests and then the open mic. And so what was so dope about all that um, was uh, I'm speaking of past tense since we're going back in the history. Um, he, it was jazz, hip hop and poetry. Um, so it's like, whether you were a fan of one, you got everything. And then you be and um sort of like Cryptic said that some of his memories were the poets, although he came for the MCs. That's how I was. Like, you know, some sometimes I used to like want the okay, want the poets to finish so I can hear the MCs. But then I, I, I grew an appreciation for the poets and then had some poets that I really liked as well. And um so you got the best of both worlds. Um, and um, and then also the fact that they had the rule that you no acapellas, you had to do it to the music. So that sort of um, forced people to catch the rhyme to beats that weren't theirs and get get a get experience rhyming with musicians. Like some people may have never rhymed with musicians, live musicians, had it not been for all that. You know, um, and uh, and the poets would do it with music too. Poets, I think, were more disconcerted with it because they were used to just being themselves. 
but um, but the band was uh, would always not overpower them or whatever and rock with them and um and so that vision was dope and then they came up with words which was the showcase and open mic um and that's when bobito got to really bring the underground heads to do showcases and um when i first came i would i just i just there was a point where i said yo when i uh, uh i'm gonna make myself get on the open mic and i forced myself to get on because i to get over the nerves and just get on the open mic every time. And that should help me because I progressed and got better. That's the first stage I rocked on. And that's where I got my um, chops or whatever. And um, and um, and many people share that. Uh, where if it wasn't the first stage, it was where they got to hone their craft. Um, and uh, so it was, a, it was, and mad support. It was just a dope scene. And, and like Cryptic said before, sometimes he would come and just be outside. There was a show outside, and and so the after the show inside, the cipher would go on for hours, and I heard sometimes it went on for hours, even longer because uh, I, I I'm I don't I can't take credit for all of it, but a lot of the times it would continue because I would stay out there longer with the music. I could still remember. It's funny. I was thinking about it earlier. I uh, I, I need to apo- I always apologize to Wordsworth because he was anemic, so and he would get cold. Sometimes I'm like, I just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer. <laughs> and then we would be out there for hours and hours longer. And um, sometimes cats would break night out there. Um, I was going to say, I definitely broke night a couple of times out there. Yeah. So, and, uh, so it was a, uh, so um, yeah, man. So my respect to Rocky Lamontagne and just the, and when Bobito gave it up in 99 um, for a year, Rocky had um, guest hosts, so he I had. I can speak um, to that. I can speak to that. All right. <laughs> yeah, speak to that. Let's nah, you you up. already you already kind of had held it down, and it was like you you were somewhere. So I was like the substitute teacher, and they were like, "Yo, Breeze, come <laughs> nah, take nah. your shot." Nah, I didn't. I no, no, no. I didn't I hold it down I, yet. Well, at some point, I covered. I think I covered for you, or, or I was a guest. Anyway, it ain't easy. So I only hosted it once. And um, I used to love, you know, sometimes I'd be like, I, either I'm performing or I, I want to hit the open mic, I just want to get a verse off. But dudes got real sensitive. Some cats, like, the lines would get blurred. So, you know, I was hosting it. I remember it was, um, there was this DJ, I forget homie's name, he was a big Latino cat. What's his name? Boom, DJ F. Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, cats try to come up. And I was like, yo, everybody get one verse. Everybody get one verse, you know? If, if, if. So Cat came up, he tried to rock, and then he was going on and on. And then I was like, you know, I was like, yo, we got other people. So I, I cut the I cut the beat. I was like, yo, good looking out. Thank you, man. So he was like, he just looked at me. I was like, all right. <laughs> this is going to be some shit later. So then, you know, he, he reluctantly hands the mic, and I was like, all right, man, good shit. You know, other people rocking. So we finished, we outside after, I remember it was, um, it was me, um, my, my first baby mother, we, it turned into date night. And, um, and I'm just chilling after, you know, whatever, just outside. It wasn't really cyphers, it was just cats chilling, it was a nice night. So dude walks up and he was like, yo man, I didn't like how you cut me off. I was like, excuse me? 
<laughs> I was like, I like, yo, man, you gotta respect the venue. This is what this is how it's done. This is how it's been done. You know what I mean? You go up, you know, you kick a thing, you you do your thing, and then if you want to get on, you contact and you try to be part of the showcase. That's how it's done. That's the process. So then, um, I see my baby mom slide off, and then she came back with the DJ, and I was like, so so what are we talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? And homie was, I was like. They gonna jump me. It was like him and his man. I was like, "Yo, hosting ain't no joke." The cats get sensitive about they thing. <laughs> so I just, I just want to say to to a brother who's been holding it down for so long, you know, sometimes cats get real sensitive about they shit, and that was one of them nights. And I don't know, maybe I ain't have the, you know, the the um the proper bedside man or whatever. But you know, I was trying to respect. The New Rican. You can't just come up and, and during an open mic and just decide you're going to throw a show. That's not how it works. <laughs> and, <laughs> so anyway, you can continue hosting. We'll give you your prize. Well, well, I, as I was saying, um, when Bobito left, Rocky had guest hosts, and among them was Breeze, um, Lil Psy, Pumpkinhead. Wordsworth, Supernat, Craig G. Um, I can't remember um, some of the others. And um, and then in um, October of uh, 2000, it was uh, these twins named Wise Guy and Gaston. And um, and I and so that was uh, our first time hosting and. We were hosting ever since, so never relinquished that title. Uh, so and, and so that was so we so we hosted Word since then, and then um, so that was uh, two thousand to two thousand twenty-two, um, and then um, all that we would always be guest hosts whenever um, Flock or Navaja couldn't make it or whatever, and then um, then eventually uh, then when he left. We hosted both shows until um, Rocky wanted to get another host for all that. And then eventually me and Gaston pitched him Homeboy Sandman. Because Homeboy Sandman used to side, come on the open mic a couple of times. So before he was on, he got on the open mic and he was dope. Me and Gaston like, yo. And um, bought his CD um, and um, kept telling him, had him keep coming. He came a few times and then... Um, Eventually, he started doing other things and started making a name for himself. And we approached him about if he wanted to be a host of uh, all that because Rocky wanted to host. So then he started hosting that for a while. And then when he stopped, actually, no, G, um, I'm sorry, Goodfellow Mike G became a host for a while. And then um, who else? Whenever different people would host for a while and when they would stop or have to take off, me and Gas would fill in. And then eventually, after a while, we just became permanent hosts of both shows. So um, anyway, and uh, just to drop some news here, um, uh, our last words, uh, all, the last all that was in February. Um, can't not gonna get into too much of it, but the executive director of, uh, of um, uh, the, the new Eureka, they, they had a new regime change and uh, it was sort of a decision that they wanted to cut ties. They started making all kinds of changes. So at the moment, um, there's no words and all that at the new Eureka. 
Um, not at the moment, I should say, there isn't any. Um, so I'm breaking news right that with y'all. So we're gonna look for another location. Um, mm. And it, so it was like, the, the old guy who was there never got to, never talked to Rocky, we could never get a hold of him. So there was always a go-between. So we kind of felt like all of the years that we had there, they, some of the people there didn't respect. And then the person who took over that we thought was going to be a good thing, they didn't have the um, respect either. And uh, anyway, so that's that. So, so that history at the New Eurekan unfortunately ended two months ago. Um, wow. Yeah. So, um, but um, but yeah, man. The uh, but the New Eureka still that that was the legendary spot, man. And. Uh, well, salute to y'all, man, for holding that shit Word. down for Jesus, you know, Word. 20 joints, you know, 20 Yes, sir. Yeah, man, that's wild. That's like some people's whole entire lifetime. So some of the artists that are performing there when you were there probably weren't even born. <laughs> you took over. Oh, let, me, let me say, a cat who so graciously accepted our offer to do a show at, at Our Words years ago, he, he did the show, and, I'm, and I asked him, so what are we gonna? So what do we put your name down? What do we put your name down as? Rock? And he said, no, Sean Price. I said, oh, okay. Wow. So which, which was weird to me. Okay, okay. Oh shit. So you, you can oh, I saw your real name. All right. So then so he was Sean Price. So that was his first show. And yo, he so we saw him sometime later and, and we said, yo, peace, man. Yo, thanks again for doing the show. He said, yo, anytime. He was like, I'll do it again too, man. Yo. We said, uh, and we thanked him. We said, no, nah, I thank y'all. He said, he said that was that was my first show, a, a solo. So wow. Sean Price's first solo show was Words. So that's some history that we're proud of. That's wild. Crazy. And he thanked us um, for doing that because it was like a, he it was like he was nervous. He didn't, you know, that was his first time going solo, you know. So it don't matter. You sign, you assign that, whatever, whatever happens. Once you there's change, and this is your first time going out on your own, you know you're gonna feel something, and, and mm-hmm. so which was, and so and he he appreciated us for giving that um, stage and opportunity, which was dope. That's real dope. So so why don't we take a quick break, um, and then when we come back, let's talk about sort of some of our like new Eureka memories, maybe like one or two performances from the inside that we remember and like one or two nights that were just kind of wild on the outside that we remember. And then, uh, yeah, we'll pick it up in a few moments and we'll be right back. What up y'all's panels, man. East Hampton Polar Boys, when the catalog out now, man, we got CDs, merch, all that, insubordinaterecords.com, man. Make sure you don't sleep on it because before you know it, it's going to be all gone. So make sure you head over there, stream it, do all that. Long live Lord Jones, man. Win the catalog, album of the year. You know what it is. Peace. Hey, yo. She caught me fly, woo garments from overseas. Below Ganese with extra palm, drown routine. Fresh panini, ground filled, chopped garlic and knowledge. Get demolished, fly air of goddess, never modest. Purple sonics fill my palace. Wires missing, acoustics hitting needle. Bless the vinyl, been the champion. Just give me the title. Listeners, check it out, Zilla Rocka. Listen, as a shorty, I was playing in the front yard of the crib and I fell down and I bumped my head. And then somebody helped me up and asked me if I bumped my head and I said, yeah. 
So then they said, oh, so that means we're going we to switch it up on him. And I said, yeah, a Andrew. Andrew is the greatest. And knowing as a shorty, I was always told that if I ain't going to be part of the greatest, I got to line with the greatest myself. And that's Andrew. The Rain Knows What Is Doing album, available now. Cassettes are sold out, but we got CDs, beanies, dad hats, mugs. It's cracking. $3pistol.com for fans of Beck, Evidence, Buck 65, Daptone Records. If you're with it, spread love. If people want the wild shit, we're going to give you some more. Andrew, the rain knows what it's doing. Available now. All right, so, so why don't we talk about some of those special nights, you know, at New Eureka, maybe a couple, like, key memories of, of events that happened. Um, gang, you want to set us off? For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's, there's plenty of cipher stories and and all that. Um, no pun intended. Again, God damn it! I keep saying things that are like <laughs> keep falling. Words, 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 kid. <laughs> Yo, this table's turned, kid. Nah, but um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'll just uh, real quick, just to chime in and, and echo something um, that wise guy said. About to call you Gaston. Uh, <laughs> um, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interchangeable. Nah, but uh, the first that was the first stage that I like I performed in my in my like so called hip hop <laughs> persona. Um, at, but not not on the mic. But it was it was at that actually at table turns on on like the turntables. Um, it was yeah. I don't know. It was like ninety seven, I believe, and. I think it was like 97 whenever whenever like it was like one of the first table turns i just did the same thing forced myself to sign up well i had a routine i was like all right and people was gassing me like my friends was like yo go on and 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 play this disney record as your first you know i like opened up lip syncing like home on the range meanwhile like i'm literally in front of the whole entire like executioner's crew is there and, like rock raider was like you know rest in power and whatnot that was like the cat that made me want to get technical with it beyond just like cutting and whatnot, like standard cuts, like, you know what I'm saying? So like, just like having them kind of like falling out and being like, yo, this cat is wild. Like, <laughs> and then it's dropping like a beat juggle. And it, was, it happened to be the fire in which you burn joint. This is like a few months before A-Track came through and did his, when he was like 15 and did his, his little version of that. I was I was a little salty about that, but like, <laughs> but um, on on a on a onto a like a different memory or whatever. So I was just gonna say like I was just saying that because that was also my first stage basically. Um, so onto an actual memory though. Uh, yeah, I mean it was the shit. Right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something that's a little bit the 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 first Doom show. Let's just go there. Like that's maybe some people are gonna expect me to say that or whatever, but like I'm gonna say the first Doom show. Um, you know, '98. Uh, it was oh shit, I forget now. It was October, I believe '98, and it was a Night Train showcase. And um, yeah, this is you know pre-mask, stocking cap over half the face. Uh, he had a Philly, you know, he had a Phillies, a red Phillies fitted on and like a tank top on. And it was he and Megalon. Megalon had like, 
he might have had a paintball mask on or whatever. Definitely had like full like real tree type camo, not just like standard regular whatever, like Army Navy camo, but like straight up like Woolrich hunting gear type shit. And um, you know, this was like before Operation Doomsday dropped. This is our first time ever hearing the song Doomsday being performed or just hearing it, period. Um, you know what I mean? Like that was like, and he wasn't even announced. Like he wasn't on the flyer. That was the whole thing. It was like a jam-packed night that Vaz and, but well, really Vaz had, had put together and sort of co-organized with, with um, you know, with the blessings of Rocky. And, uh, you know, the the whispers were in the air. It was like, oh, Zevlov X is going to come out and do a show, you know, do a little do a little thing or whatever. Like, you know, Zevlov X is here? Da, da, da. And like, you know, half the people there weren't even, didn't even really know him as, as MF Doom yet. So it was like this whole kind of like rumbling and then, you know, lo and behold, end of the night or whatever, they play this like, it's like kinetic apex, Ellie, you know, that was the night train crew with Vaz. They're on stage or whatever. And um, they drop the the nonfiction MF Doom song. Like for most people who haven't heard it, like that most of that room never heard that song. They're playing that shit off a cassette tape. And people are like, yo, what is this? Like, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Because this is like when Greenbacks had just come out. So, like, Doom's, like, second 12-inch had just come out. So, you know, and then just like, yo, we got to da-da-da. Someone's, someone's behind the curtain. <laughs> and this cat just comes <laughs> out. And it's just like, yo, what? And we were in the balcony. I was in the balcony um, recording it. And we're just banging on it. We, we like definitely put a dent, a good dent into like the AC system, like they like the piping or whatever, banging on that shit. And um, I mean, I know Crip, Crip was there because like he's definitely he was like on the ground level. Um, but yeah, it was me and a bunch of TCK, RYB, and uh, a couple other a couple other heads uh, in the balcony. And um, yeah, yo, some of that footage is gonna surface. Um, soon through through a certain avenue uh which is which i'm pretty hype about because it's the right it's the right people it's people who were like in you know very very close to the source so to speak so you know i'm not giving can't give too much away about that but a couple of clips will uh, will definitely be popping up but that's that shit still to this day because there's, there's also like wild mystique around it too like i'm gonna put this out there too that book that Stretch and Ev Boogie did uh, about all like with all like the nightlife flyers. Um, forget the name of the book. I actually have it somewhere. It's like in storage right now. But in that book, there's a flyer from a words in '97, and maybe any of y'all could um, confirm this for me because I have a vast curiosity about a certain flyer in it, and it has Ursula Rucker. It has beans from Antipop and it has MF Doom on it. And I've even asked, I've asked everyone and no one could recall Doom being there that night. Like, and that would have been Doom's first performance, but no one has photos or any sort of documentation of it. No one even recalls that. Like Ursula doesn't remember, Beans does, doesn't remember, Bob doesn't even remember. I asked him personally. Uh, and Vaz is like, you know, call me, you know, a couple heads are just like, nah. Like, cause we would have been there. I'm like, facts. So not sure. that's yeah. floating out. You know what I mean? That's floating out there. That's also like why some people are jacking the narrative that like 
Doom was at open mics and just hanging out, you know, rubbing rubbing elbows with just everybody. Like Doom didn't come, <laughs> Doom wasn't out there like that. So like that's why that that evening for the Night Train Showcase was um, was obviously so special because it was like not only was this like the first time we're seeing this happen, like we're seeing this voice manifest itself in human form in front of us, and he's also got like the entity kind of built up in a way where it's like, you know, his, his, he's got the ghost face thing with the stocking cap and whatnot. He's hiding his identity, et cetera, et cetera, staying true to what we heard on the record. But um, it was, you know, it's, it's this thing where like, it's, it's like a flash, you know, it's like a flash in the pan like moment. Like you're just like, if you were there, you saw it, you witnessed it, you know, and then, you know, he doesn't, he didn't like really perform that much too, too much, like a couple more times in the nineties. And then, you know, yeah, I have like a show from the wetlands in 2000 and that, and like Bass is like hosting LPs on stage. Like Aesop is there. Like it's a, it's a bunch of people. Um, but like, that's like, wait, you know, it's, it's a few, couple, audio, couple years later. I have some audio from that show somewhere. Yeah. yeah. If you have, if you have good audio of the doom um, set, then we should we should talk because I have great footage of it. Like I'm like by the side of the stage, like he walks right by me. Um anyway, point being like, yeah, he had like the, the one joint with Eminem uh at uh what was it SOBs or the knitting factory? One of those. Oh no, it was tramps. It was tramps, my bad, it was tramps. He had the other joint at Brownies where he had no mask. That was like this, that was the one after the New Weekend. And then he had he was a there was a wetlands one and it was the knitting factory one the same year and that was that was kind of it for like that version of doom prior to like the you know the mad villainies and the adult swims and all that right so like that's why that shit sticks you know stands stands out to me um among the other things that you know obviously uh, has witnessed and everything was pretty incredible to be honest uh, not everything. Not not. Let me let me not say that. Let me not like revise history. Not everything was incredible, but there was plenty of incredible. There was plenty of gems, um, you know, every month basically. So, or that's what's up, Breeze. What do you got for me? Um, I mean, I guess when we when we went through there and and we were kind of at at a at a height, you know, just Cats knowing like a lot of the music had me just like really, really hyped because I just respected the place as, as a, you know, as a institution. So to roll through there and I mean, I remember being there nights. Sometimes it was hard just to get up in there. I remember seeing most in there, way in the back, like tight, tight in the back. I remember seeing um, Last Amp. I remember seeing Necro, um, like it, it could get packed in there, you know what I mean? So sometimes you just like squeeze in and go to the right and like it took a lot of effort to get up to the front. And I was like, I oh, mean, that's that's good enough. But I, I seen cats. I remember a lot of poets. Um, Nympho Nine. Uh, I still remember the poem, Dripping Blades of Pestilence. Yeah, Nifflo Nine was my favorite. That and it's so and that joint ain't published to, to my knowledge. I, I just remember from the performance. It was that 
um, I mean, just remarkable. And, um, you know, it, it was, it, it definitely just got you hype. Um, it, it sounded, I mean, compared to other places, it, the, the sound was, was compressed enough that it just felt like you were just in it. You were just kind of like really a part of it. And um, I just, you know, there were times where I was up in there drunk. Like I, I, I fucked up a lot of verses. I would try some new verses. Uh, I remember I would always like, you know, bring try to bring Trez or, or try to get other cats to come through. And um, it was just, it was competitive, but it was the type of competition where, where cats were like really supportive. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm trying to think in my mind, I, I've been there, I can't remember nobody getting booed. Like if I really think hard. Well, I got I a story for you. <laughs> All right, well, I can't, I can't think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that's what I loved about the spot. Like Bob didn't really let people get booed and me and Gasser carried on that tradition. Yeah. And uh, with the open, sometimes it might happen though, but. I mean, rarely. you know, there was some open, open mic times where cats came and, and, you know, they were not appreciated, but I think when, if cats were invited and they came through and, you know, like there was just, the crowd was like hella knowledgeable and, and it was, you know, in a lot of ways you were preaching to the choir. So with that, you know, I would try a new verse or, or try a different beat um, just to give cats something different. Um, so that was like in a joint, but outside I just, you know, I mean, I, I wasn't there every week. I'm not even on front. I was there enough, but you know, I, I had young children. I was, you know, a lot was going on, but so to me, it was like a treat to go through there. And, um, you know, I'm, I remember like for a lot of cats, it's the first time I met, I met dudes. And, um, you know, dudes that stick out, um, everybody says words, words was just, I mean, he was an assassin, but uh, PH, um, you know, I remember before he really had music out, um, I just remember him just really going in, in the ciphers, just like really just being, ridiculous and um you know it, it was it was just i wish i honestly i wish i spent more time there um but the 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 time you know for the most part it, it was just like it was it was just all shit you know and there was a, you know there was a lot of other spots you know i'm i'm, I'm don't want to take away from the other spots but they were they were all trying to play catch up to the near weekend at the time and I think, you know, they if they being honest, they there should be no problem admitting that. But um just it was hip hop, you know, it was definitely our hip hop. And um I'm just, you know, glad I could have been there for the limited time that I was. That's what's up. Yeah, Crip, before I come to you, I just want to tell Breeze a funny story. So the Second time we ever performed at New Eureka. The first time we got real great response. Second time we were like, yo, we want to go on last. We want to end the night. Because we thought we were hot shit. We thought we were the dopest. And the poet that went on right before us was Saul Williams. 
And he did that, um, you know, I am public enemy number one, 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 that whole poem. Mm -hmm. And then we went on and it was our second live performance ever. And the whole audience started chanting, scales, scales, show us some scales. So it was like, fuck, like we just had to go wow. through a whole set, like looking at our shoes. We got outside and like you said, everybody was supportive. Like, Yishuan, Sire, we're out there. Like, Yo, don't worry about it. It's cool. And like pays, everybody was like real supportive. Um, but it, it was important because it was like, we thought we were hot shit. We had to get knocked down a peg and it made us hungry to come back and prove ourselves. So the next time we came back, we performed, we got a really good response, like crazy legs dap me up on the way out. I go outside and I'm kicking it with pumpkin. And he's like, yo, that was really good. I never saw you guys perform. I was like, last time we performed, we like, we had a whole crowd of people talking about skills, skills. He's like, oh, that was y'all? That was us. We were all drunk and we just started chanting. <laughs> I was like, you motherfucker, uh, So, uh, yeah, Crip, I'll let you take it from there. That was funny. Uh, well, to build off of that, uh, one very memorable moment for me on some narcissism shit is your first performance. Cause that was the first time any of my beats were like played live and I had a DAT player. So I was in the back and I remember like the first five seconds of the first beat dropping and heads were nodding, hands were in the air. I was like, oh shit. Like that feeling, that's a feeling I still chase to this day of that, that moment. I, that's what I, I, if the beat's not doing that to you, then it's the wrong beat. Let, let me throw it away. So that, that moment, um, was big. That's not what I was going to say. The, the, the moment that really hits me is outside in the ciphers um, when cannabis was there. You remember that? Were you there for that? I um, was. Yeah. We ended up like rhyming all the way to Pius. Yeah. Yeah. We, we wound up, it was like Adams were wound up battling some kids and cannabis. We didn't know him from shit. He jumped in on our side. And this was when he was like doing guest features on everybody's shit. I was like, Oh shit. Cannabis is not only, here rhyming but he's like battling these kids with us and that that shit stuck with me forever like um it was just kind of like this this weird like feeling of like oh shit we're we're rapping with someone who's like for real for real made it like doing songs with like lost boys and shit like actually <laughs> like what um but other than that um were y'all at the the company flow showcase the the one that was fucking packed beyond belief like people were waiting outside trying to get in the energy inside to that one yeah the energy inside was nuts couldn't hear shit but like because it was they I, I don't even know man fire marshals must not have existed over there because the <laughs> way that was legal I'd never seen it that packed and that loud and the crowd knew. I mean, this is company flow, but everyone knew every uh, fucking word, you know, like it was just nuts. I, I was there. I can't remember so much, but I was I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That that I, I'd never seen the energy like that crazy. Like it was just it wasn't a I mean, it was about the music clearly, but like you couldn't hear the music almost, but it was just everyone was locked into the same, same like frenetic energy of just like i don't know it's just a real hip-hop moment for me um that really stuck with me and um i just remember like being extremely extremely physically uncomfortable because you're like 
shoulder to shoulder, people bumping into every like two seconds. And I, I'm like, just trying to chill and enjoy this shit. But that shit didn't matter, man. It, it just, I don't know, that moment. And um, I don't even remember when it was. I think it was pre-Fun Crusher Plus. Um, like maybe like right before that was happening. Um, but yeah, that, that's my moment at New Yo. Uh, there were plenty of moments at other spots. Um, I think it was at Vinyl uh, that I met. I met you, Alaska, and we had, we were yeah. separate. I don't remember. I think it was like nonfiction, maybe co-flow. Nonfiction, co-flow, natural elements. I think, I think Breeze, I think y'all performed at that show. Yeah, too, that was, right? that was a show when uh, L had the mask. Yeah. When we did yeah. Uh, Clear Blue Skies together. Clear Blue Sky. Your mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, that was, was a crazy fucking show. That was insane. Yeah. I feel like that's like the Velvet Underground moment for like the scene, like the underground scene. Like they say Velvet Underground's like the band that, you know, spawned a million other artists. Like, I feel like that show was the show for like this underground scene. Like everybody I know who went on to do music was at that show. Yeah. Yeah. That was where I met PH at that show. I was a little starstruck by that because I just heard his join on Bobito, knew all the words. And I'm like, He's like, yo, what's up? I'm Pumpkinhead. I'm like, what? Like, I got fucking a little, a little nervous and shit. You <laughs> could do um, And I remember us ciphering in the fucking in the bathroom. Remember mm-hmm. that shit? That for like an hour straight. It's a weird, real weird place to cipher, but like, you know, the acoustics are good. Um, but yeah, other than that, like Wetlands was always a good jump off spot. I think that's where I met met you breeze i think we did a show like center the web juggernauts and co-flow maybe even natural elements i think sugar I, cut I, together that show i think i'm yeah i think that was one of them uh sugar cuts um tc islam yeah yeah wetlands was dope yeah yeah that was my spot yeah i like wetlands a lot that was a good place yeah, to go get drunk too was that? It was a good place to go and get drunk. Yeah, they all kind of were, though. Yeah, that had, like, the downstairs area you could go and chill, like, if you need to get away. <laughs> just just, just, just to touch on something you just said, Cryptic, about how, like, you were a little nervous with Pump Your Head. Isn't, isn't that, like, the beautiful thing about the scene? And this tells you how serious we took the music and how how big and serious it was. We're talking about a bunch of underground heads without major record labels, record deals, but we looked up the cats and you like, when you, when you say pumpkin, you're like, whoa, me and gas, like, yo, yo, that's breeze for the juggernaut. You know, <laughs> like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, that shit is real, yo. Like yeah, I, we started just, talking though, we were like from the same neighborhood, damn near. So like we connected <laughs> like really <laughs> easily. Shit, yo, yo, I still remember when uh, when I, I introduced myself to you once uh, later at the New Year weekend, <laughs> like peace up wise guy. And um and uh and we met before so yeah, these, and you was like, yo, well, I know who you are, yeah, and you and you, and that shit was like, oh shit, you know who I am. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Like and um and I tell to this day I tell uh, Yeshua I'm like yo, um, 
I like it. I, like I, I I've told him this like a dozen times over the years that he's one of my he he was one of my favorite MCs from the scene, and yeah. like because I'm 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 with yo, like letting cats know I don't get like when um one time when um GMS came to our crib when we lived in Queens Briarwoods this was about like maybe I'm gonna guess like 2004 or something like that or 2003 he came and um. And then he saw all our records, and then he saw records like he saw Pumpkinhead, he saw um, Breeze of a Floor, like everybody's. He's like, "Yo, y'all got." I'm like, "Yeah, yo, yo, I know all these cats, but that don't mean shit. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm buying everybody's shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, I got like every, I got everybody's records at home. You know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, so I'm not one of those cats. It's like I know him. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like, yo, nah, dudes, like cats that I know, regardless of friendship, I'm I'm a fan. And before it became, you know, I remember a punchline of words worked the first time they came. Everybody said, yo, yo, that's the dude. They were just on the radio. That those are the cats that were on bottle on Thursday. That was the dope thing about words. Cats would get on, stretch it by beat on Thursday before the show and then they they do words on that Saturday and that that was like the ultimate advertisement for the show you know and you and you come to see the cat people that you just heard on Bobito stretch I remember um being on line outside the New York and like showing up there was already a line and I'm walking down and uh pumpkin heads um <laughs> promo for Bob came out through like the laughing syndrome one yep yep That's and I was just I was walking past the line and I, I never met Pumpkinhead before, never seen him before, but I heard him talking and it was that voice. And I was just like, yo, you're Pumpkinhead. And he was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I was starstruck. I was like, just like you guys were saying, like, oh my that God, like that thing's the best thing I ever heard. That was dope. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like, where the same way that this makes Breeze kind of shy, like, uh, uh, you know, but this is real. Like all of us, we have those feelings for cats that we revered. Mm-hmm. And we'd become friends with, but you know, regardless of how underground or whatever, you know, you look up the cats or like, yo, yo, that's, you know, that shows you the the, the gravity and the magnitude of Stretch Armstrong, of Bobito, of uh, the scene, of just you know the whole underground scene. Yeah, you know, I mean, the cats didn't have to be; they didn't have to be signed. No. You didn't, they didn't have to be signed for you to be starstruck. The quality of some of the tapes that we would have, like that were just traded through like nine different people. And you would just, it would be mostly hiss. Yep. You'd have to turn that shit all the way up to like, as far as your Iowa stereo would go. Turn that shit all the way up to like 50, just to hear the verses. And we would study those tapes, man. We would just like, you know, get blazed out of our minds and just listen to those tapes and be like, yo, do you hear what Breeze did there? And it's like you hear yeah, yeah. rhyme this word over here, and then eight bars later it rhymed again. <laughs> After all that other internal rhyme scheme, we're like, how do you do that? Like we would just study it like that, man. It was crazy. Yeah, I never heard. Yeah, I, like I, I got before. my home. I got my home girl into the Juggernauts, um, and uh, had a gave it an album, and had a, and um, I had to break down some little words because. Cause, cause, uh, speaking since cryptic is on the screen, that's that that that's perfect because, um, Breeze's flow was like cryptic, like you know you got like my, you know I, 
you know, I, he didn't say I want to get old. He said I want my wrinkles and my hairline wide receding. You know, yeah. like so I had to, you know, like I love that shit. So I, I was had to break down all that stuff for her, or whatever. And, and then she grew to love it. And so, and, and what did he say here? Yeah. So I, I still have like with my daughter when she's like leaving, she forgets something. I'm like, you got that? She's like, she's like, no. I was like, what's the rule? She's like, I'd rather have it not need it than need it and not have it. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yo, yo, I, that gives me chills right there. That, that was the time in the show for the crowd to get busy yeah. and like we're all one when that line comes up and that shit felt good. Like it, it had to feel. It's hard to believe that 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 feels as good to you, Breeze, hearing the crowd say it. Because it, it is as hell saying it together. It's, it's probably it's up there as far as I'm like, yo, we get we coming to it, it's coming. And then we all, we all together, we all rocking. Nah, it, it, but that's the thing, like I, you know, when people say underground, this and that, and uh, you know, like there's very few cats who elevated above, and even if they did, I feel like they still were like, nah, that's that's part of my fraternity. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, uh, like, it's, it's cool. Like y'all saying, like, I'm a fan of, y'all, of, of everybody here, but it's like, we were so, there was a, like a, a certain amount of humility still kind of like embedded into it. Cause it's like, you know, nobody became platinum, you know what I mean? And it's like, even for the cats who, who reached a different level, the respect would, would always be there. Yeah. Um, I remember most when I was later working at Fat Beats and most came in and, you know, I was like, yo, what's good, man? And it was talking, it wasn't like he was like the mighty most deaf. I mean, or Yasin, or it was just, you know, this dude who used to body stuff outside of, you know, um, the New Rican. And he was like, yo, how's your sister? I'm like, yeah, she chilling, man. All right, man. Give a pound. You know what I mean? And it's just like, Every, you know, wasn't nobody really above nobody. Like everybody was just like getting up there and trying to just shoot their shot and, and just trying to make their mark. And that that's what I really dug about it. You know, like the cool yeah. the cats who kind of thought like too early, like they was, you know what I mean? It was like, all right, cool. You know, you could think that, but you know, this cat gonna come on with this verse that's gonna make you feel insecure in the best yeah. way possible. You know what I mean? So it's like, I dug that about it. I dug that it was like you was going to stay humble if you cared about the the art form because there was just so much talent. And it it could be a dude, like you said, that comes at the end of the night, kicks his rhyme, don't got no record out. But you're like, yo, that that cat right there with the, you know, with the the lottos on. Like, (laughs) I mean, like you you had so you need some kind of way to describe him because other than that, you ain't know nothing about him. No. I remember there was a dude, I can't remember his name, he was dope as fuck too, but he used to always come like right after work and he would be in a suit and he would get on stage, he'd kill his verse and he would just cipher outside all night in a suit. I can't remember his name for the life. Uh, no, he talk about um shit. But he was so dope. <sighs> shit. Like like my complexion glasses? Yes. Maybe. Um, yeah, you talk, oh my, you're talking about my man. Oh my goodness. Can't believe I just, uh, shit. Ah, man. I can't believe yeah. I'm like, he, uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, I, I think Breeze brought up a good point. Like, it, it was definitely just about love, right? More than anything. But I got a question for you guys. And maybe this is like just my memory 
like not working as well as it used to. But did it seem like there was a point where there was like a certain level of like dudes that were there before like we all started coming and like being in the scene that were sort of like older? They were maybe like in their twenties. I'll, I'll give you a good example. Um power, they live. Power room. Was that mm. yeah? And then power but room. once we all started coming, they stopped coming around. I remember the last time that I saw yeah. I saw Power Rule, I think the same night that I saw maybe Necro. But okay. at any rate, you could tell like there was a change in the guard. And I was, yeah. I mean, I dug Power Rule. Yeah. Um, but it was just like it was, I don't know, it just seemed like a lot of a lot of us were like, yeah, good shit, you know. But he was before but this is us. ours now. He was before us. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it was uh I, I often think of those dudes, you know, and I even now, like, you know, we were talking before, like just still getting out there and trying to rhyme, and it's like you know, there's there's a new wave. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a new regime. But um, again, that respect. Um, I think it has carried on. For they 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 know that yo these cats were out. They were actually out there. You know, they were putting out records. Yeah. They were you know they were throwing up flies like so. I think a lot of these young cats who, you know, they see that with a certain romanticism and mm -hmm. a certain level of respect. So. You know they're like you get the invite. You know you you, you got a shot to try to come and, and do your thing. And you know we still love it, so we still out here. Um, yeah. Um. I don't know, man. It, it was it was a beautiful thing to be a part of, and um, the timing was was definitely like in our favor. And it, yeah, it, it echoes. It continues to echo. Yeah. When and, I uh, first started, when I first started going there, this is. So, cause like, and a lot of you guys proved that you were there before me, cause y'all y'all saw Nymphlo Nine. I know when I first got there, all I heard was free Nymphlo Nine, free yeah. Nymphlo Nine. Yeah. So he must have just went away or something when I got there. So when I find when I got to meet him years later, he did word. He came around and um, he did words, all that, or got an open mic, and then he we had him do the showcase as Anthony Alonzo. And this is probably like 2009, 2008, something like that. So he had got out and um, and, I, and I let him know, yo man, respect. Yeah, I, I knew you was free Nymphlo 9. That's just, I, had, I let him know, that's all everybody said. Like my first year, that's all I heard. And then the other things that um that I heard was um, when I got there, it was like the, so when you, like you said, older heads, um, I got a sense of cats that they were there. They were regulars. Um, the tail ender when he would come all the time, Mr. Live, because mm -hmm. he was, um, and uh, he was, he, cause he was original J Live. He was J Live before who we know as J Live now came out. Yeah. And um, so he, and he used to always, you know, he's, that was a point of contention with him. And then the crazy thing is, this is, this is a story. Yo, uh, Breeze, you remember this song? Well, some of y'all might remember, I don't know. It was an underground joint, but it was a group called E and J called Take It Easy. Take it easy. I can't sing. You remember that? I, I remember that joint. Yeah, yeah. Um, and me and Gas, we got the record. We used to love that shit. And we were playing it one day, like we do play our old records. And then you know, I think at the same time we we heard something. Yo, yo, did you hear that? We turned it back. And because this record is 
on profile 1990. And um, Deuce says, we like, yo, we heard at the same time. We brought it back. And he said, what the, the J-Live bring? He, he said, said J-Live. And we heard it was Mr. Live's voice. Oh, shit. Yep. And we called him. And he's like, he said, yo. And he's like, y'all, you put me on the spot. Are you blowing up my spot? Like, yeah, yeah, that was us. So um, so that was proof on wax that he was original J-Live. Um, yeah, so I remember that, that joint. So on like like you saying, um, Hank Love and all that. I remember them playing that joint. Yeah, yeah. Did you, did you know did you know that that was him? I ain't make the connection. I ain't make the yeah, connection. Yeah, you wouldn't because it was E and J. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we got the we got the vinyl. So um, and then um, what else? Suhair Suhair used to be there all the time when I first got there. Um, and uh, talking about moments. Um, oh, it just a little cryptic when um, actually uh, with cannabis. GMS and Hydra, they brought cannabis there that night. Um, so I remember when, when he rocked and rhymed and rhymed and rhymed and Bobito eventually said, yo, 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 that's, that's it, because he was kicking the 80-bar burst and Bobito cut him off. Uh, Breeze style. Then a moment I remember is uh, uh, Claire from, from, um, from T-Dot, from Toronto. Mm -hmm. Were you, anybody here when he performed? Um, do, um, so Shaclair, he was down with Socrates and them and, yeah. in Toronto. And, yeah, um, and he came, he, he did a show. This is the first time I saw somebody really, he he really did a show. And he had some, he had them giving out Shaclair bars, like chocolate bars. It said Shaclair. <laughs> um, so that was dope. And then uh, other moments, um, yeah, you know, Breeze, did you um when you were talking about when you had an LP do do um Clear Blue Skies with you? Did y'all do that to New Yorkin as well? Nah, we only or did what? it that one time in vinyl. That's well, only a one time vinyl. So uh yeah, so I was at that one. That was fucking classic. Um another moment, another moment. Um when when um most deaf <laughs> most most deaf like some kid this white kid. And this, I forgot his you know, name. Um, and uh, he, he said something with just him in the crowd while most was on the mic and most battled him. Or he just wasn't he hosting or something? I think he, he was hosting. hosting. He just destroyed the kid for like <laughs> a minute, and it, it was uncomfortable but dope as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 was a moment. Um, like I said, that I missed. The beginning of it, Saya and Yeshua were doing that shit. Um, that and that was early on when I came there. Um, what else? Uh, countless cipher moments. Um, mm -hmm. But um, yeah. Was the um, the cipher with C Rays and uh, Slug, and there was somebody else with C Ray Slug and L. Oh, I was there for was that. Was that at New Eurekan? Nah, that was at um. Want to say it was like outside of like Bowery Ballroom or something like. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Why? There's video of that somewhere. I think there's video of that somewhere. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
I remember outside of um, Wetlands, um, when the Outsiders performed, and Eminem was with them, and then outside, M was battling somebody, and, I, and Cass was loud. And I, I could just remember Young Z said, "Yo, be quiet for the white boy. Make some, make some room for the white boy." <laughs> I remember a Wetlands show with like Necro and his crew, uh, and his crew started like robbing people's cameras mid-show. Mid-show. Wow. Like at Wetland, they were just like dudes like with cameras. They just like punch them in the face and take their cameras. Yeah. Wow. That was a wild show. Yeah. I still have, I have the I'm glad I, I, I'm glad I wasn't at that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yo, your wise guy, you got that footage? Well, I did. Necro got it. Uh. Necro got it. Yeah. It's in his new movie. <laughs> With Uncle Howie. So um, I guess, you know, we've been at it for a little while. Uh, any like sort of like closing remarks? Any, you know, anything that you want people to understand about what was, what was happening at that time and why it's still important today? I guess just, you know, it, it was organic. It was, it was kind of surprising. Like I'm saying, like I, I, I was doing shows previous but you know it's the community center it's just not the same vibe um but it was just like i don't know if anything could be as like the fit could be as as good as it was for the moment and for what we needed and for what you know like it just set the the table for the scene um i I, I don't know if that shit's going to be like recreated ever. It was just like the timing of it was just really, really perfect. Like you said, with, you know, uh, stretching Bob on Thursdays and, and, and we want to, you know what I mean? It, it just lined up perfectly. Um, Mayhem and Sunset, it, everything just led itself. It, it the, the flow was perfect. Um, I didn't give enough props to Fat Beats. Um, you know what I mean? Um, Definitely, that was a meeting spot as well. But um, man, something about that near Rika, man, just getting ready for a Saturday night, and and it was a destination, and and just something everybody looked forward to. So um, I'm really grateful for it. Like I said, I wish I spent more time. Um, you know, don't have kids early. I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, if you had like you know, all the time in the world, like it was there, it was waiting for you. The challenge was waiting for you. Um, the the um, camaraderie was there. And um, even on a part-time basis, man, it, it was just, uh, I'm really fortunate to be um, a part of it on some level. Yeah, I mean, that shit was, I mean, I was already 25 when I was going there, but I feel like those were my formative years. Like, I, I, I would not be who I am without that scene, um, without meeting y'all and everyone else in that scene. It was, you know, not to be dramatic, but it, the shit was life-changing for me. Like, I didn't have an outlet like that, and there was never another. Um, I don't think there 
can be another. Um, but, you know, alongside of that, it, it was kind of like, you know, friendships that, that I still have are from those places. Um, the memories I have of it are some of my fondest memories. Um, fuck high school, fuck college. Like that was my, my high school and college. That was like where I learned about everything, where I saw that people could do this shit for, not for a living, but just like put out records yourself. Like it, it was, it was important for me to see that people that shit, people that were my age or younger had records out like that. That was kind of like, okay. You know, everyone kind of looked at me like the old cat at 25, but <laughs> they're like, yo, you, you know what you're doing. I didn't know shit, but um, yeah, man, I, I look back on it. I'm glad that, that people talk about it still to this day. And, and I can see the influence of that era in, in stuff till still to this day. And that's kind of just cool to see it, you know, even though people may not even realize they're influenced by it because it's not direct, but it's like a couple generations down. But it's just cool to see that 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 scene had a, an impact on culture that no one could have really predicted. And um, yeah, man, it's just happy to be a part of it in, in whatever little way we were. So sad. Um, I'm going to drop a couple quick things about my experience and then uh, Wise Guy, I'm going to let you take us home since you are the godfather of the New York. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's like kind of the same things that you all said, like my very first time ever performing was, I think it was at all that at the new, not at the New York Post Cafe at El Puente High School. They mm. used to do like, um, you know, an mm. annual fundraiser over there. And it was the first time I ever was on like a stage, like in the city in front of people. I like been in ciphers and battles before um but never on stage and you know I, I rapped I was like just looking up at the sky the whole time I was scared to death um Bobito like tapped me on the leg gave me a pound after my first I met Pays, Yishwa and Sire that night and like instantly became friends with them I was like oh okay I know people like they they embraced us like we were like the weirdos that had never been there before and they're like ah, oh, you guys come hang out with us and it was like that every single time you went there, there was always people just like, like Chris said, it was like friendships. It was like, it was way more than music. Although the music was important, but it was like, it was a, a real community that was, that was built and expanded outward that kind of changed the face of music in a lot of ways. Like, I don't think any of us thought we would still be rhyming in our forties and fifties. But here we are, you know, like, you know, we're not superstars. We're not anything like that. But, you know, every now and again, there'll be a kid that was like, wasn't even born when I started rapping. That was like, oh, you are on Can Ox's record. That's you. And, you know, like, it's like, oh, that's cool. Like, you still checking shit. <laughs> um, so and that's all all out of that scene. It just like provided opportunities for people to do things like, you know, it was like, oh, we can make a record. OK, cool. Let's make a record. Oh, we could go on tour. Cool, let's go on tour. I didn't know we could do that, but we can. We could do it on do it on our own, and it like really helped build like a really good like work ethic and spread spread all over. And it was happening everywhere at the same time too, right? Like you had it in L.A. Yep. You had like all the Midwest shit, like Scribble Jam was going on for years. Um, it was all over the place. It was like just 
kids had the same idea all around the country and just created this universe. So it was, it was important. Wise guy, take us home. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was just, a, it was indescribable, it was just beautiful to be there, to witness everything and the love. And me and Gaston have been blessed to have the opportunity to continue the tradition. Um, and uh, when we hosted, we always made it a welcome vibe. Like we spoke earlier about nobody booing. We, we shut that down. Anybody tried to boo, anybody get on the open mic, good or bad, make you feel welcome. Um, and that's how it was then, it's, you know, other than Bob having to cut you off if you were on too long. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, and one thing that this generation, I think the main thing that this generation don't have, even though there are some open mics and stuff like that, is the uh, ciphers, the outdoor ciphers. Like, I'm, I don't, we don't, you don't see those anymore. And when we had ciphers, we sort of had an etiquette, like cipher etiquette, you know, and um, instead of everybody, because sometimes you, there were some ciphers where everybody just rhymed and cut each other off and were rude, but we would have ciphers that were like friendly and just fun. And um, everybody had love and would um, almost like an unwritten rule or whatever, just, you know, people going back and forth for waiting your turn. Um, and uh, after a while, with gentrification and stuff, the building coming up next to the New Eurekan, that changed over time where it's like people complained about the noise when we're outdoors. We're like, yo, what? yo we were out here before you were here. Like, but they live here now, so we had to respect them. But um, but that 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 whole generation of cats and ciphers isn't there anymore. And we used to get to, you get your chops up on stage, you get your first bit of experience, if not your first experience on the mic, definitely the experience going over and over again on the mic of the Eureka just to gain your comfort. And um, um, and then the ciphers, you build your chops just rhyming in front of people and with your peers. And um, then, um, you know, it was like a, a culture. We all felt like uh, we were part of it. It was almost like an anti a uh, commercial vibe there that we all sort of had like a, uh, like a snobbery, <laughs> mm -hmm. so, so to speak. But um, and, and the funny thing about that is, you know, as time goes on, the commercial stuff that we sort of, you know, we, we didn't dislike, but we, we didn't like as much as the underground stuff. Now we die for that commercial stuff back then compared <laughs> to the stuff now. It's like the stuff that we frowned upon somewhat. Now we're like, yo, that shit is dope compared to the stuff today for a lot of it. Um, but um, yeah, man, the uh, we got, like speak. We got to see like a whole like a whole lot of superstars on this here stage tonight. You know, we we got to see a lot of people on that stage. And it was a, a, a blessing to witness. And, um, you know, we all could say that we were there, you know, whether it was words with the, um, the signed acts as far as underground acts, si signed as, as far as independent labels, whatever. 
and then all that where everybody was uh, dope on the open mic. Like, who's who were people on the open mic um, who all came out with records or all made names for themselves on the scene, or even if they didn't, we were all just just down. And, um, yeah, man, just a, a beautiful experience. And uh, thanks to Rocky Lamontagne and, uh, and Bobito for that. Word, huh? Props to Rocky and Bob. Word. Word. So on that note, we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, go check out some indie records, man. Go mm-hmm. search like Stretch and Bob promos. There you go. All over, all over YouTube. You can find all of them. Shit, they're great. I got giants. Giant folder full of them. So what? How, how about before? How about before we go? Um, everybody get theirs off real quick. As far as the stuff. Y- y- yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Definitely. Yeah. The music. The, promote, like the music. Promote yourself. Oh, not, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Promote yeah, yourselves, yeah. everybody. Yeah, we normally do that. I just uh, I got caught up in the moment. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So why why don't you start for us? I. I you know, I I don't got much to promote. Just uh, you uh, okay? Well, I you know, wise guy Gaston. I was on the Lyricist Lounge Volume One, and then we did a bunch of mixtape stuff, stuff with Apathy, and then people Gaston, things that a lot of people don't know. Gaston did two albums with uh with this with the band Us Three overseas out of the UK. Him wow. and our boy Akil Dasan, um, um, Schizophonic. 2006 and then um say what 2007 um a song that he did on that called um um man on top which which i helped him with actually because uh he was he was like when a kill writes fast and gasson's like super lyrical so he he then like take the time with the rhymes whatever and and um puts it all into it and he was sort of like a kid was getting all these beats because he was just writing a lot and Gaston called was like yo I, um give me some ideas or whatever and uh and uh anyway but one joint I gave him a bunch of ideas for and then he used a lot of it the song Man on Top and that joint was um on the CBS uh um they played it in one of these shows um what is that uh, uh MCIS New Orleans, I think. Um, and then more, more recently, last year, my brother and I, we did a bunch of stuff for CBS Sports. We did two different previews for the Super Bowl. Very um, dope, by the way. Very dope. Very. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And then we did a, um, we did the post-game wrap-up. Unfortunately, that one didn't see the light of day because they took too long mm-hmm. to edit the footage and lost the NFL rights. Um, but we also did four... Um, Animate, um, animated vignettes where for four different um, um, for Black History Month four different athletes from the past and um, uh, Luthi, uh, uh, Lucy Diggs Slow uh, I forgot so far, I can't think of right now but four different ones and um, they had an animator do animation to it we did them all in spoken word with Gaston did all the music and um, those animated vignettes just got um, last week. Found out they were um, nominated for a sports Emmy. Um, Damn, that's, uh, that's dope. Uh, the new brothers. So, yeah. So for um, and for a PSA, and uh, so anyway, so so that's that's dope. 
And then, um, and they just had uh, CBS just did last two Sundays ago during the final four weekend, they had the first um, HBCU all-star game. And um, it was the two, two coach, the two teams were named after um, two major uh, coaches in HBCUs, Clarence Big House Gaines and, um, and um, John McClendon and um, McClendon. And so me and Gaston, did a piece on each coach, and um, and those aired on CBS. Where they edited uh, pictures and footage um, with those um, for, on the pregame show. That's so that was, that was uh, those. That's awesome. That's so, uh, yeah. tight. Kurt, what you got? Um, I, damn, I, I how do I follow that? I just have a record out, man. Like, it, so it just turned. Nah, the, the store is looking quite official, my brother. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. That is the newest thing. I just released a uh, release. That's a weird word to use, but I just opened uh, an online store at uh, CrypticOne.net. Um, mainly just to kind of, I love Bandcamp. Don't get me wrong. Just to kind of move my merch off of Bandcamp and collect that extra ten percent. <laughs> um but all my digital stuff still gonna live on Bandcamp. um yeah we got the new adam shirt that i'm wearing that you can't see because there's no visuals on this podcast but that's like the latest piece of merch that um i'm pretty proud i see of. it i see it and i'm a cop that. Bad shirt yo thank you i can't see it but it's dope as hell yeah shout yeah. out to adams man yeah shout out to everyone in adams um but yeah i Parada, my, my last record just turned a year old. Um, finally got the vinyl. It literally took a year and three weeks to after I ordered it for it to be in my hand. So yeah, the those delays are, are real. Um dope ass record, by the way. Thank you, man. I appreciate Production, that. Production, man. Crazy. Thank you. And that that's all Jess. Jess is a, a madman. Um Jess is a genius. Yeah, he is. Shout out to Jess. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Well, no, that I have one other thing. I did um last year. I did um I dropped an instrumental every Friday, um, and collected that as an album, which that you can get on your, you know, your streaming platforms. It's called the New Beginnings. Um. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Breeze, what do you got for us? Um, Chris, trying, your drums are fucking serious, brother. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look at the lab. I'm looking at the lab. I'm like, is that S3000 XL? <laughs> well, we could talk. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. Yeah, but yeah, now nah, I'm working on a, a new a new album. Um, I had to join out. Uh, I guess last year around this time. Amazing um, record. Yep. Thank you, man. And um, you know, just kicking the truth to young black and Latino youth and um, <laughs> trying, to, trying to get some kids to pass the AP test, AP literature. That's that's really my focus right now. And, you know, but um, yeah, always, always trying to do something, trying to write something, produce something. That don't, it won't stop. It won't stop. So, um, shout yeah, out to really, Camp Fever. Shout out to my Juggernaut's family. Yes, my yes, Mad- yes. family. A label word up word up uh i don't really have much um you know human zoo record drop back in november um 
that we're mixing the project uh, Ray West and I have is getting mixed right now. That's what's and up. And then uh, I've been writing for the next Cargo Cult record and I finished my master's in four weeks. Congrats, brother. Right oh, Thank wow. You. That's dope. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about having another 90s now. I got to get yeah. out there. I, yeah, get it, out there. It, I think it might be towards the end of school. Might be if it's it towards out. the end of school, then yeah, I can make yeah. probably make it. So yeah, we gotta I gotta get back at these dudes and figure out what we're gonna do. But we're talking people, about people, it. shout out to Beer Wax. Yeah, shout out to Beer Wax. Yeah. Actually, I have a I'm throwing something to Beer Wax in next month. Um, oh, nice. So you know a beach show. Um, still finalizing the lineup, but May 22nd. I don't know if this this should air before then. If anyone's in Brooklyn, come through Beer Wax Sunday. Four to seven, be playing some live beats. I love Bill Wax. When Bill Wax, the Bronx happening, man. They got Queens. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They got Queens now. <laughs> I it swear, only makes sense to be in the Bronx. Yeah, they yeah. opened a spot in Queens. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah, I, I would love for something like that to be in the Bronx. The Bronx, yeah. come on, y'all. Let's 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 do better. I really wish I could get one in my basement so I didn't yeah. have to leave the house. <laughs> also a dope idea. Yeah. Put on it, Chris. Beer wax at home. <laughs> Word up. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And the stories are always great to hear. And uh, we'll have to do it again. Yeah, sure. Word up. Uh, thank you for the invite, man. Yeah, Shout right, out to yeah. all of y'all, man. Uh, Peace out. Peace, Peace out. out. Peace. Peace.